when I started out, Harley Quinn Rebirth number one had just come out and Harley Quinn Rebirth had 75 variant covers. And I was like, man, we, we've gone too far. Uh, why comics kinetic will never have a variant cover. I remember saying and uh, sure enough, you know, never say never, uh, because next thing you know, I've made a single variant cover that uh, we limited the production on. And when people saw that, they just loved it. of us as a kid thumbing through a comic book could transport us to other worlds flying through the universe at the speed of light watching immortal enemies battling to the death and some of us never grew out of it welcome to the under the mask podcast where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page, you can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics. From the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork, to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board. For many years, Bill Colomb has written his book, Kinetic, and sold thousands of copies across the nation. And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast, and this is Bill Colomb. Under the Mask Podcast, episode 23. We've got a very special final episode talking to one last member of the Kinetic Creative Team. You'll never guess who it is. So before we get started with today's interview, I want to update you a little bit with the uh, Kickstarter. We just dropped into the single digits with days left. Only nine days are left in the campaign. And we also just cracked 2,500, so pretty cool. We're overfunded and going for those stretch goals now. We're also just shy of beating our backer count for our last campaign. The uh, Kinetic Volume 1 trade paperback had 97 backers, and we are at 93 right now. So four more backers and we beat that. If you haven't checked out the campaign yet, you can go to www.kineticcomic.com and it'll take you right there. As far as the interview today... I had a lot of trouble getting this interview together because I'm the one being interviewed. And originally we were going to have on a guest host. Unfortunately, that guest host couldn't do it. So I had a backup guest host and they had to back out last minute. And I didn't want to do one of those flashback, flash forward to myself interviewing myself. I thought that would be weird. So what we did was got a voice sound alike to a certain antagonist to a certain portal game, but who is definitely not GLaDOS because I don't want Valve to sue me. I hope you enjoy it. It was a lot of fun to put this interview together. And let's get to it. Tell us about your story. Who are you? And how did you get to be here today? Well, my name is Bill Cologne. I am the writer and creator of Kinetic. It's a superhero comic story. I am a writer and creator based out of Seattle, Washington. 
born and raised here. I've lived here my whole life in the uh, Seattle metro area. And when I was a kid, I was really into comics and like most kids fell out of the hobby and kind of got back into it maybe in my teens and a little bit kind of in my 20s and later on. Uh, Something I always wanted to do when I was a kid was to actually write comic books. But, uh, you know, that dream kind of faded out and it was just a couple years ago that I said, you know, I really want to start doing this again. So probably around the 2010, 2011 area, I started writing some comics. None of them got published. It was just scripts that I had written. And the Internet isn't like it is today where you can go online and find your artists, find your editors, find your printers online. It wasn't like that, you know, 10 years ago. But uh, around that time, I just decided I was going to do it. And then, then about 2016, I said, you know, I've been doing this as an amateur. I've been writing a couple scripts. Now I'm actually going to seriously do this. I'm seriously going to publish my own comic book. And uh, that's how I got started writing. Tell us about your writing process. Okay, my writing process. So I start by making quick little thumbnails, quick little sketches. Um, What I'll do is I'll separate a page of notebook paper out into about 24 little squares. And each one of those is a page. And I'll kind of say, okay, if I'm writing one issue, if I'm writing one book, how is it going to break out? And that kind of helps me see... Okay, this will work. This won't work. When you write comic books, if you don't know, when you flip the page, the left hand side should be any reveals. So it lets me see kind of at a glance. Here is how the book is going to look. And then what I'll do is I'll take another notebook page and I will split that into quarters. And then that will be like page one, page two, page three, page four. So I can see four pages at a glance and break down the scenes a little bit more. Um, I will draw it pretty much if I were to draw the book how I would, but obviously I'm not an artist, but this helps me visualize. It uh, helps me out with a lot of things like in comic books. Uh, if there's a panel, you, you can really only have one action per panel. You know, if it's uh, Batman punches and kicks a guy, that's two panels. That is Batman punching and also another panel of Batman kicking. So it really helps me just say, okay, there's only one thing that can happen on this panel. Um, What I will do afterwards, after I have it pretty much uh, outlined out the way I want it and storyboarded, I will get another notepad and put it right next to uh, the notepad that I have kind of the doodles on. And I will hand write out the rough draft. Um, Eventually, I will take that handwritten draft and I will type it up in my computer. Um, You know, I know I could save some time by just not doing the handwritten draft. But I think that handwritten draft is really important for just kind of getting everything out. And it's really, I don't know, man, it makes me, it lets me feel like I'm writing and there's some magic in it. But I'll take that and I'll transcribe it into the computer. Um, Depending on how I'm writing, I'll use uh, a couple different apps for it. I have Scrivener, which is my main writing app. And I also have IA Writer, which is better for freehand if I just feel like, hey, I'm going to type some words. I'm not sure exactly where it's going. It has a good focus mode. But uh, after I do that, I put it all into the computer. From handwriting the script to putting it into the computer, that's kind of where my first round of edits happen because I'm seeing, okay, I want to change this. I want to do this. So my handwritten rough drafts will actually be different from the rough draft that's in the computer. And uh, then I start editing and hopefully I can get it good enough that I want to publish it and send it out to an artist to work on. Tell us about Kinetic. All right. Well, guys, Kinetic is my independent superhero story. Uh, Here's the basic pitch for it. Imagine you're developing superpowers, but your city already has a hero. That hero's kind of a jerk. He doesn't really care. And you think you can do a better job. And it becomes kind of a superhero turf war. That's the basic pitch that I use for anyone who asks me what Kinetic is. Uh, Basically that right there. With Kinetic Identities number one, which we have live on Kickstarter, 
Johnny's mastered his powers, beat the bad guy, and got the girl. Now what? So uh, it's following the continuity of Kinetic, Volume 1. You know, it's just a new number one, and it follows it. It's basically, for all intents and purposes, it's Kinetic number nine. What was your initial inspiration for the series? It's funny. Everybody asks me this, and this is how simple it gets. I was sitting around, you know, dinking off one day, and a thought came to me. And I thought that Kinetic would be a really cool name for a superhero. I kind of jotted that down somewhere and uh, just never left my brain. Um, I didn't do anything with it for years. And then eventually when it came to around that I wanted to start writing comics seriously, I came back to that, hey, Kinetic would be a cool name for a superhero. Next thing you know, I had a script and then I had a book and then I had a full series. So it's just kind of funny that uh, something so small spawned into uh, something a lot bigger. For themes of kinetic, I wanted like a, not magic, but like superpowers versus like, you know, Batman, Iron Man, technology. Superpowers versus technology. I wanted that as a little angle. When fleshing out the story, I had this idea for, you know, this Iron Man type who would be like the ascender of like Iron Man, but a dick. And it's funny because when we were doing all the drawings and mock-ups for everything, I had to be like, hey, it's not Iron Man. It's not Iron Man. But at the end of the day, it's a guy in a suit of metal, so... How did you find your art team? So I had written out the first couple issues of Kinetic. I had the scripts ready to go. And next, the next biggest problem is where, where do you find an artist? That's the next thing that you tackle. Um, I had gone online to a couple different forums. And I forget exactly which one it was, but it's basically like classified ads. Artists seeking writers, writers seeking artists. And on one of those forums, there was, well, there was actually two gentlemen, uh, Raphael Crest. Donnie and Renan Shodi, and both of them had really great artwork and really strong superhero portfolios because I knew I wanted really clean line art. I wanted Kinetic was going to be a very much a traditional superhero story, clean lines, vibrant colors. And I liked both of their artwork. I hired both of them to do a test page and actually two test pages, uh, a couple pinups, and both turned out really good. And it's funny because both Renan Shodi and Rafael, both of them are out of Brazil, uh, graduates of the Ed Benes studio, and they have similar styles. So similar, in fact, that I thought that maybe they were the same person masquerading as two different people. Um, but at the end of the day, I ended up hiring Rafael, and uh, Rafael Crestani was my first artist. When it came to uh, getting the colorist, on that same forum, I actually put up an advertisement looking for colorists. And within a few days, I had a hundred people who messaged me and who emailed my submissions account. Uh, my submissions email was just flooded with stuff. And the funny thing was with that, there wasn't a bad colorist. There wasn't a portfolio that I could say, hey, this is bad. There were portfolios that were not right for kinetic, but there wasn't anything that was bad. Um, eventually, I narrowed that down to probably about about four or five people. I got a couple test pages in, and uh, at the end, I decided that to hire Omi Remelante. Omi is a colorist based out of the Philippines, a really great guy, and uh, he's been with us ever since. For the letterer, I hired uh, the lettering bear, Lucas Catoni, who is, I want to say he's out of Argentina or Chile. Um, I think it's Argentina. I always forget that. Um, but he had actually reached out to me when I was looking for a artist and just said, hey, I know you're looking for an artist right now, but I do lettering and you're going to need a letterer eventually. And I really kind of like the go get it attitude I liked. When it came time to hire the letterer, um, I just messaged him up and uh, next, that was that. 
In between Kinetic Volume 1 and Kinetic Volume 2, we actually, uh, Raphael got snatched up by a, a European publisher who hired him on for, I want to say, eight or ten issues. So he unfortunately was unable to stay with us. And during this time, it held up it held up the production process forever. And I said, man, who am I going to find? How am I going to replace this great artist? Um, at the time, I was doing conventions. Uh, 2019 was basically, I shotgunned myself to every convention that would have me. And I mean, seriously. Seriously, if there was a convention that would have me, I would go. And the whole point was to sell down the stock that I had of my issues of Kinetic that I'd already done. So production was kind of on the back burner. It was getting the tail end of 2019, and we were starting to say, okay, we're going to have to do more kinetics soon. Um, I went to, I think it was Wizard World Bay Area, held in Oakland, but at there, um, a guy came up to me, and his name was uh, Louis Rivera, and uh, he said, hey, you know, I'm an artist, and I just want to show you a couple books that I've done, and we got to talking, and if you haven't had the opportunity to meet someone where you just click, and you are talking like old buddies within a few minutes... This is what it was like. I mean, we were just talking back and forth like old friends. He showed me a couple of books that he had with him. One of them was The Power Company done by Coalition Comics. And that is my friends Rodney Lockett and Carlos Rafael who are involved with that. So he shows it to me and I say, oh, I'm like, this is uh, Carlos and Rodney. I know them. And then he did another one, which was John Kirby Firefox, which is done by my friend Warren Montgomery. And uh, just he showed me both these and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Warren to a couple weeks later i think i gave him a call and just said hey you know i need a new artist um i really think that you'll do a good job i had him do a couple test pages they turned out great so uh, he, he got hired on what have been the biggest obstacles or challenges you have faced you know thinking back i think the biggest obstacle that you have is just getting started i think taking those first steps is so important that a lot of people will sit back and never take the first steps that they want to to actually get started. Um, once I said to myself and I sat down and I seriously, I said out loud, this is something that I'm seriously going to do and I am going to publish a comic. And when I did that, that seemed to just flip the switch that, okay, we're ready to go and do it. Um, a big thing with all independent comic creators, finances. Uh, there's no way of getting around it, man. Money. It's expensive to produce a comic, especially if you are a writer that you pay the artist, you pay the colorist, you pay the letterer, you pay the printer, and then then you'll have a book in your hands. And if you're going to go do a convention, you're going to pay the convention, too. It seems like everybody gets paid before me. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's funny to think about. I know that crowdfunding can help mitigate a little bit of that cost, but still, it's money that you're putting up front unless you can talk an artist into doing it for back-end pay, which a lot of artists won't do, you know, a 50-50 profit split because the reality is most independent comics aren't going to make a profit. You know, when you think about how much money gets put into the production and then you go and sell those books for $5 a piece... If it costs $1,000 to make a book, you have to sell 200 copies just to break even. And 200 is a lot of books. What has been the biggest mistake you've made? Um, you know, honestly, the biggest mistake that I think I made was not embracing crowdfunding sources like Kickstarter or Indiegogo earlier. Um, you know, when I first started, Kickstarter was there, but Kickstarter seemed to me a little bit shady. Um, I think it was around that time somebody posted up trying to make potato salad and he ended up raising, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. 
It just seemed way too easy that somebody could post up a project and take the money and run. Yeah, I wish that I embraced that a little bit earlier. The only thing that changed that was a creator that I really respect and admire, Tyler James. He's the publisher for Comics Tribe and also does the uh, Comics Launch podcast. But I was talking with him and he says, well, you know, you, you think that it's too easy to take the money and run. But are you going to do that? And that just made me, you know, totally stop and think about it entirely entirely different uh, made me think about crowdfunding entirely different and don't get me wrong I'm very blessed that, that I was able to self-fund those first eight books I just would have made Kickstarter part of the equation earlier um, another big mistake I made um, it's funny just when I started out I never I didn't want to crowdfund and I didn't want to do variant covers and now of course I'm doing both uh, that was another thing around the time when I started out Harley Quinn Rebirth number one had just come out and Harley Quinn Rebirth had 75 variant covers and I was like man we, we've gone too far uh, Y Comics Kinetic will never have a variant cover I remember saying and uh, sure enough you know never say never uh, because next thing you know I've made a single variant cover that uh, we limited the production on and when people saw that they just loved it I don't want to say it's sad but it's just an odd phenomenon in comics that variant covers sell it's the same book it's the same content but variant covers because it's limited or because it's cool it sells uh, so now I think coming into kinetic identities number one I'm really embracing that yes it's fine it's okay to have variant covers what has been your best moment my best moment in comics hands down we got the artwork back the artwork got colored we sent those files to Lucas and and he lettered them. We sent that all off to the printer. The turnaround time for the printer was about eight weeks, I think. I think it's two weeks to print them and then it goes on a barge and it takes six to eight weeks for it to actually come to America. We print it overseas. Getting the notification that your stuff is on the way and the truck shows up, they back into your driveway, they unload a pallet of books. You get the first box off the pallet, you get the box cutter, open it up, open the box, and you're holding that first book in your hands. And that first book is the culmination of months of work in some cases. Some Sometimes years of work in some cases, and it only takes, you know, 15 to 30 minutes to read through a comic book. I mean, if you're real, if you really want to break it down, it's not that long to read through a 24 page comic book. You just kind of open it up, read through, look at the pictures. But so much work went into that final product. And having done it now, I know that. But yeah, just holding that first book in my hand. And of course, what I still do to this day, when I get a new book in, I take the first book out of the box and I will frame that book and put it up somewhere. And uh, I might have to change it or I might have to get a new frame or something because I'm getting so many books now that my one wall is almost covered. What is the best advice you can give someone who wants to do what you do? Okay, I actually wrote this out because I have three pieces of advice and they all intertwine into each other. Okay, and some of you may have heard before. My first piece of advice is start small. And this advice I think is the most given and least listen to advice that established creators are going to give someone who's up and coming. And 
Yeah, just just start small. Um, so many create so many creators say, oh, I, I've got that big hundred issue arc that I want to do. And I have this magnum opus and it's going to be a thousand pages long. The thing is, you do, you want to start with like two to four pages or a one shot series. Now, of course, with me, my first thing that I did was kinetic, which was an eight parter. So I kind of I ignored this advice, too. But there's a reason that they say that. And that goes into my second point. As a creator, as a comic creator, you want to strive to be known and become known as a creator who finishes projects. Okay, so a lot of people say start small. Here's why they say start small. It is so much easier to finish a two-page story, a four-page, an eight-page story. A single issue is easier to finish than a 300-page opus, a 900-page trilogy. That's going to be obscenely hard to finish. But you want to become someone who gets known as someone who finishes projects because a lot A lot of people start, but not a lot of people finish. So I don't know. I just I always hear the advice start small. And I always heard that when I was starting out. And it's easy to say, but I think not a lot of people dig deeper to why people say it. Uh, If you hear somebody saying start small, that's why they say it. Um, My last piece of advice that I have to give, and this is something that was told to me at a panel at, I want to say Emerald City Comic Con, either 2015 or 2016. And it's a shame I forget the creator who said this. But if you want to start making your own comic book or if you want to do anything in the creative field, anything in a creative field, you may feel like you need permission to start. Just know that you don't need anyone's permission. And if you still feel like you need someone's permission, you have my permission to start whatever you want to do. Kinetic Identities number one is live on Kickstarter now through September 12th. You can find it at www.kineticcomic.com. Bell. Where else can we find you online? Easiest way to get in touch with me on online, like you just said, www.kineticcomic.com. I'm also on social media, facebook.com slash ycomics.net. And on Twitter, I am at Seattle underscore ycomics. And Instagram, I am ycomics.seattle. I am very active on Facebook and Twitter, but not so much on Instagram. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, Twitter's probably the best way. Facebook slowly after that. Uh, like you just said, Kinetic Identities 1 is live on Kickstarter through September 12th. And you can find it at kineticcomic.com. That's www.kineticcomic.com. Thank you for coming here and talking with me today. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk to a computer about uh, just doing a fun little kind of role reversal and me doing my own interview that I usually interview other people doing. Um, Thank you again just for listening to Under the Mask and look forward to coming back next week. Uh, Next week, we're actually going back to a normal schedule where we're going to interview other people and actually have interviews with me behind the microphone talking, interviewing other people. So it won't be as weird. You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. Welcome to the family.
If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you've found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review, and we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Y Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off. Thank <laughs> you.